and welcome to Not So Molly Mormon Podcast. I'm Katie. I'm your host today. Thanks for being here. I have an email from a listener that she asked some questions about the Mormon church and I'm sorry, I believe it's a she. I'm sorry, I don't want to assume anyone's gender, so my apologies if that's incorrect. I believe your name is pronounced Jaravet. Also sorry if I got that wrong. <laughs> um, but this this listener, their first language is not English, so there might have been a little bit of translation issues because English is the only thing I speak. I'm not <laughs> bilingual, wish I was. But I think we have some good stuff here to discuss, so I'm going to just jump right into it. Starts out with... Since I was a kid, I've been fascinated with learning about religions and cults. Saying this, Mormons are on my top list of rare beliefs. Three heavens? The hat with the stone to translate gold stuff? Really? (laughs) But it is fascinating, and I've listened to a couple of your podcast episodes, and now I find it even more interesting. I have some questions. So here's the first question. The church's new president had a widow and remarried. If the marriage in the temple is for all eternity, what will happen in heaven with the first wife and the second? Is there polygamy in heaven? So, yes. Yes, there is polygamy in heaven. Um, Mormon doctrine teaches that polygamy will happen in the afterlife. It's sometimes referred to as the new and everlasting covenant in Mormon scriptures and like the Book of Mormon Doctrine and Covenants, rather probably more like that. Um, Until the early 1900s, prominent Mormon leaders and faithful Mormon men practiced polygamy because it was supposedly commanded by God. Um, And it hasn't been removed from the scriptures or the doctrine. They just don't actively practice it now oh well I guess what they would say they don't practice it in this life um but it is something that they say that God commands it at certain times for people to participate in and it is something that will happen in heaven yikes right (laughs) um But so, for example, like you were referencing with the president of the church. So if a Mormon man gets sealed to a woman in the temple and then she dies, he can get resealed, which is basically saying remarried to another Mormon woman in the temple without any cancellation of the first sealing with that first wife that died. So therefore, in... Mormon afterlife, that man will be married to both of those women. He'll be sealed. They call it sealed. They'll be sealed together forever. So that is polygamy. But women do not have the same privilege. So if the woman's temple sealed husband dies, she cannot be resealed to another man in the temple unless she has a cancellation of her first marriage. Um, So many widows, they will remarry, but only civil marriage. They won't get resealed in the temple. So they're still technically eternally sealed to their first husband. It's complicated and weird, but yeah. And so, but for example, if a Mormon couple divorces, you know, if they legally divorce, it doesn't cancel 
the temple sealing. That's another thing they have to do just religiously. So if a divorced woman wants to get sealed to a, a, you know, a second husband in the temple, she has to get permission from her ex-husband to cancel their temple sealing. So it's very strange and kind of confusing, but yes, it is definitely a thing that men can have more than one wife. Um, tech, you know, like in the afterlife, I'm doing a bunch of air quotes that you guys can't see, <laughs> but this gets even more complicated when children are involved because Mormons believe that whoever you are sealed to is who you end up living with in the afterlife. So, you know, if your family has a cancellation of a ceiling, the children are therefore, you know, they're basically still just sealed. They could, they could be sealed to a different man um, that's not their father. It's really confusing. But basically, women and children are property that are sealed to certain men, and men can have as many as they want. <laughs> okay, second question. I follow a couple of Mormons on Instagram. I feel like they are all extremely beautiful, have lots of babies, and huge platforms and followers. I sense a difference with the rest of all of Mormons. Is that difference real? Um, so I think I, I know what you mean here. I used to follow a few Mormon bloggers on Instagram, and I recently had to stop following them because I, I just felt such a sense of fakeness. It didn't seem sincere. And see, so here's the thing. I think everything on Instagram is not very authentic. I mean, there are some very authentic accounts, but you know, it's, it's like we say, it's the highlight reel and it's what we compare ourselves to. And everything seems way more perfect on Instagram than it actually is. Um, and these, these Instagrammers that I followed, like some of them were foodies or like fashion bloggers and they seemed like nice people, but, um, it, it got too much where it seemed way too curated. It was like very obvious that no one's life could be that perfect. Right. And I think many of them are probably really nice people, but it's just, it's just kind of like with anyone on social media, everyone's lives seem so much better when they're edited on Instagram. Um, and I think Mormon bloggers, I think they're pretty popular with like the stay-at-home mom culture because they have these seemingly perfect homes and children and they have these perfect clothes and these perfect craft nights and the perfect food, right? Um, but we all know that isn't real. But I think Mormon women are really, really pressured into seeming like they are perfect. And I know that it's not outright preached. It's not like a doctrine thing. But it's very much in the culture that you like, you need to look quote unquote perfect, whatever the hell that is. Right. Um, and you need to have perfect kids and everything needs to be organized and super clean. And you, so they are, they're the perfect like candidate for a mom blogger on Instagram. Right. Cause that's like what they're supposed to project anyway, just to their neighbors. And I know that like everyone, no matter your religion, you feel the pressure to be perfect, right? But it's it's pretty intense in Mormonism. So I think that's why there are so many very popular like 
Mormon mom bloggers and they're pretty good at it. They're good at selling things that, you know, every member of missionary, they're good at being very friendly and they're just being a Mormon really sets you up to like, you want to project perfection. So I think that's what that is. But no, I don't like just regular Mormon people. They're not all perfect like that. Like no one is just perfect like that, right? <laughs> okay, third question. Why, why, why do they believe in the Book of Mormon? It doesn't make any sense. I have one in Spanish, which is my first language, and I try to understand how if Mormons believe Jesus came to America after he was crucified, then does that mean they believe the second coming of Jesus already happened and are still waiting for yet another one? <laughs> that is a really good question. Um, so to be honest, like just put it bluntly, there is no logic in believing in the Book of Mormon. Nothing about it is historically accurate. Nothing is linguistically or archaeologically correct. Um, Nothing about it makes sense. So they believe in it because of faith (laughs) and they just believe to believe. Now I know that there's probably nuanced Mormons that don't believe it, but they like, you know, they like being a part of their religion or whatever. You know, we know that everyone has varying levels of belief, but if you're going to say like you're a true believing Mormon, um, you kind of just have to overlook everything that is logical. And they tell you that you, you pray about it. Um, they say, that they quote-unquote feel the spirit to confirm to them that the Book of Mormon is true, like warm, fuzzy feelings, if equals truth to Mormons in that sense. And I know that this can apply, you know, this can apply to any religion. Any religion can, person who's religious can say they believe that their religion is the true one because of faith, because they feel good when they pray, because they feel like they have some kind of personal relationship with their God or whatever. Um, so, you know, I, I believe in it. I bought it, but I was also very young and I was taught it as a child. And that's how I think it gets a lot of people is they're indoctrinated when they're a child and they just think, oh yeah, this is true. Everyone around me is telling me it's true. Um, and a lot of people grow up and realize that it's not, but some don't. So (laughs) I honestly don't know why they believe it, but I think it's, it's strange just like you do. (laughs) Um, the close of the letter is, well, I hope you can give me some light here. I'm a practicing Catholic trying to understand this mega and closed off church. I get mad when they compare the temples with Jewish temples, because when I went to a Jewish temple, they allowed me to go inside without any restrictions. Love your podcast. Very informative. Thank you so much. Um, and you know, that, that temple comment, that's something that I thought about as well. When I was in Italy a while ago, I went in a few, um, cathedrals and things like that, that I thought like, you know, these are super beautiful. I don't, I don't believe in anything religious or spiritual, but it was a really neat, also, you know, really beautiful building the amazing art and architecture. And I just thought, you know, these places, some, a lot of people in the world hold these, these cathedrals as 
super sacred and yet they still allow the public to go in them they don't keep them so secret and I know Mormons like to say it's not secret it's sacred but really it is secret because there are lots of places in the world that people think are holy and sacred to them and yet they still share them with the public and you can still go and view it um and Mormons like to say, well, we let um, people come see it before the dedication, but that's it. That's the only time. You you can't just like freely go into the temple. Even just regular Mormons who have maybe sinned and don't have a temple recommend can't go into the temple. So it's like this very exclusion, like, I don't know. It's almost as if it's this VIP special club you get into if you pay enough money and (laughs) all of that. It's yeah, I agree with you that they're very closed off and very private and very secretive. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. I absolutely love reading your emails and so does Sarah and we never get tired of it. So, uh, I'll leave a link in the show notes to our, um, email. It's not so Molly Mormon at not so Molly Mormon podcast at gmail.com. If you want to, send me your story. I would love to read it on Erin. I want to let all of you know that I have read all of your stories that are in our inbox and I am getting around to them. I feel like I say this every time. I'm so sorry, (laughs) but I will, I will get to it. I promise. Um, but with that, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, eat, drink, and be merry and enjoy your week. See you soon.